Hey everybody, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast, and you're listening to P.F. Wilson's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., and this is my tape recorder, and welcome to another edition of P.F.'s favorite band, question mark. So this week's contestants are the Human League, and uh, I know I'm not sure if it's Human League or The Human League. I believe it's actually The Human League, though some people just go with Human League. Anyway, if uh, this were like a 16-team tournament, uh, I think Human League would probably be uh, around a 16th seed, uh, qualifying for the tournament, but kind of a long shot, and I'll, I'll explain why here in just a few moments. But first, as always, we're going to start with... Um, a song by each of my two first favorite bands, the Beach Boys and Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. The Beach Boys, uh, we're going to go with Warmth in the Sun. I know we talked last week about the album All Summer Long and how that, even before Pet Sounds, the Beach Boys are making uh, some pretty serious music. I know the, the knock uh, even then and even into today is that, oh, it's just all, my friend Pat Francis says this, so it's all just cars and girls and surfing, and that's all it is. And no, and this is one of the first songs where they kind of move away from that. Yes, it's the Warmth of the Sun, Sun is in the title, certainly. But it's a very serious song, and it was composed uh, on or around the day of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Uh, Mike Love and uh, Brian Wilson give differing accounts. Uh, Mike says the song had already been started, and then when that happened, it kind of finalized the mood of the song. And Brian said it was written on the day of the song. Both agree that uh, Mike drove over to Brian's house, and they were talking about the assassination, and they went and finished or wrote Warmth of the Sun. Warmth of the Sun appears as the B-side to Dance, 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 which got the number eight in the U.S. chart, and it's on the album Shutdown 2, which is mostly surfing in cars and girls. They're still doing that kind of thing, but this really is kind of the first move away from that, and it's been covered by a lot of different people, including Willie Nelson, and uh, this is Warmth of the Sun. the sun by the beach boys uh, we move on now to anola gay and like i said last week we're just going to go chrono- chronologically through the catalog i discovered them in the middle of the catalog sort of and then went backwards through so uh, and this past couple of weeks it was the 40th anniversary of the release of this song which was a massive hit for them it's still i uh, they i saw an interview actually with andy mccluskey or heard it on bbc radio the other day and they asked him what songs do you make the most money from to this day and one is if you leave obviously the big u.s hit and an old gay so an old gay got to number eight in the uk chart but it's very fondly remembered uh, during the olympics when they were in london they had that big medley of british pop hits it was mixed in there too so 
a big honor for OMD. The song is a bit of weirdly dark yet poppy, as the, you may have guessed, the Anola Gay was the plane that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, and uh, Andy McCluskey was aghast that, uh, you know, that this was kind of, that the plane was named after the uh, bombardier's mom. And so he's, he's very proud of himself. He's 20, 21 year old, went to the library, uh, looked all the stuff, all, all the history about it, put it into the song. And yeah, it's a very poppy, very dancey, but with kind of a very dark message and uh, kind of damning, uh, you know, th- lyrically, but still very poppy musically. And uh, this is an Ola Gay. Enola Gay and may possibly still be one of my favorite songs of all time ever by anybody. All right, so we move on to Human League. Human League, the, the problem with Human League becoming my favorite band is uh, Human League form in 1977. Uh, Martin Ware, Ian Craig Marsh, and Phil Oakey, they're interested in electronic music. They form this band. Uh, originally, uh, Ware and Marsh want a fellow named Glenn Gregory. This becomes important later. He's a photographer by trade at that point, an art student, but he's not available. So they get their other buddy, Phil Oakey, to sing. And they release two albums, Reproduction and Travelogue. The big song from either of the two is a song called Being Boiled, which uh, gets into the lower rankings of the UK chart. And I'm, I'm just not keen on either of these albums, or even Being Boiled for that matter. I mean, maybe I should revisit it once again, but I don't know. They just The electronic music of the time, their competitors, I think, are way ahead of them at this point. But, uh, you know, this is, they're laying the groundwork for some big stuff. And indeed, uh, they end up going in two different directions. What happens is, uh, Ware and Marsh disagree with Oki on the direction of the band, uh, so much so that there's a huge fight, and I think it's Martin Ware chases Phil Oki down the street and tries to hit him with a hammer or something like that. It's a huge fight. The band, uh, well, they, uh, Mar, Mar, uh, Ware and Marsh decide to leave the band. Uh, they let Phil keep the name, uh, although Phil has to pay a royalty to those other two in perpetuity forever. So if whatever records Human League sells, uh, Ware and Marsh will make uh, like 1% or 2%. I forget what the percentage was. It's like the, the guy on Shark Tank. He always wants a, a royalty. So anyway, Phil's kind of lost. Uh, Ware and Marsh go on to form something called the British Electric Foundation. They get Glenn Gregory and eventually form Heaven 17, who you will hear uh, probably in the next episode, because we're going chronologically through this, so I think they would end up being next. So stay tuned next week for Heaven 17, PF's third favorite band, question mark? Anyway, Phil is a little desperate. He, um, uh, kind of, he's got a tour that he, that's already been booked, 
And so he finds these two gals, uh, Suzanne Sully and Joanne Catherall, uh, dancing at a club and figures they'd look good on stage. So he hires them to be backup singers. He gets a couple of musicians and he keeps the name Human League. And they tour Germany and people hate them and throw stuff at them because <laughs> they're expecting the Human League of travel log and reproduction. But they're able to get sorted. They put it together and uh, put together an album called Dare. While they're working on Dare during the daytime at nighttime uh, in the studio, where and Marsh as Heaven Seventeen are working on Penthouse and Pavement, their debut album. So, um, interesting times there in Sheffield. Anyway, the Human League release a couple of singles from Dare. The second of which is uh, Love Action. Sound of the Crowd gets to twelve. Love Action gets to number three. And so they're really on their way, but they really st- still don't quite hit. People aren't taking them seriously, even with a number three hit. They release another song from the album, which does okay. If you're, which, which, open Your Heart. Open Your Heart gets to number six. That's fine. And then they release a song that almost doesn't even appear on the album. It's a last-minute edition. Oki doesn't really like the song. The band doesn't, but the record company says, hey, this we think this could be pretty big. And the record company, in this case, is absolutely right. It becomes a worldwide smash number one hit. Don't you want me? You've heard it over and over again, so we're not going to play that. We're going to go back to my favorite song on the album, which is Love Action, the other big hit, at least in Britain. Uh, th- I think this is a great tune. Funny thing about this album is uh, my brother got married the summer this came out, and he totally loved Don't You Want Me because you know, he liked Top 40 Radio and was on Top 40 Radio all over the place. And I bought him Dare as a present, and he had no time for it. <laughs> So anyway, um, I wasn't really keen on Don't You Want Me either, to, to be honest, because, um, I mean, it was, it's fine. I still like it. Uh, I like the remixes of it because you kind of hear more of the detail of how the song is structured. But I once Love Action came out, Love Action was the second single in the United States. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So here you are. This is uh, Love Action by the Human League. Action by the Human League uh, is the only hit. Uh, oh, it's the only hit for them in the United States is "Don't You Want Me." The other singles that were hits in Britain uh, do not chart in the United States at all. But uh, the band come back in 1983 with an EP called Fascination, and it features two singles, uh, one of which does very well for them. It uh, goes to number two in the UK, goes to number eight here, has a nice video in which uh, it looks like the other male members of the band are singing vocals, but they are not. It's all Philoki. They're just pretending in the video. Uh, anyway, the song is Keep Feeling Fascination, a song you may be familiar with. The other song that comes off this uh, EP that does pretty well is Mirror Man, goes to, like I said, goes to eight in the UK, and uh, or, uh, no, it, that's a top ten in the UK, and I think it scrapes the top 40 here. But anyway, here's the big hit from the Fascination EP. This is Keep Feeling Fascination. 
conversation turned until the sun went down and many fantasies were learned on that day. Keep feeling fascination, passion burning, love so strong. Keep feeling fascination, looking, learning, moving on. Well, the truth may need some rearranging. So Fascination does okay, and the Human League take their time recording their next album called Hysteria and have a very difficult time coming up with an album. But finally, they come up with one in the summer of 84. They release uh, a single that doesn't sound very Human League. It's very guitar-y, got a very thumpy bass line to it, which you hear at the beginning of the song here. And uh, the song is called The Lebanon, controversial lyrics about the goings-on in Lebanon at that time. Uh, you know, there's a war, civil war going on. And uh, the song is probably more guitar than keyboard, but there's some keyboard on, in the back of that guitar. And uh, that, this is just a, a cracking tune. And they, people thought it was very daring of them to go on top of the pops, the big British show, and, and play a song like The Lebanon. And well, here's The Lebanon. She dreams of Lebanon does okay in the U.S. It uh, gets to 64. It gets some play on Top 40 radio because people remember Human League fondly from Don't You Want Me and Keep Feeling Fascination and maybe Mirror Man. And But the album doesn't do great. It, uh, there's a couple other singles from it, Life on Your Own, Louise, Do Okay in the U.K. chart, Don't Chart Here at All. Uh, fans are a little let down overall, but I think the fandom really likes this album. Uh, even though I think you know it's it, there is still the acknowledged you know best album of the of the catalog. In the meantime, uh, Phil Oki is approached by Giorgio Moroder to do a song for a movie at this time called um, Electric Dreams, and it's a really horrible movie about a guy that falls in love with a computer or something like that. Look it up; it's terrible. Uh, Bud Court from Mash is in it, as a matter of fact. The movie Mash, not the TV show. Uh, together, Electric Dreams. Anyway, Giorgio Moroder at this point, he's a, he produced Donna Summer's I Feel Love. So he's a, he's huge in the electronic music scene, does a lot of solo work on his own, produces a lot of people. Uh, he has a little cottage industry going at this time in the mid 80s of doing songs for movies with pop stars. So Lamal was one never ending story. Uh, Berlin, take my breath away for Top Gun. And he does this one, uh, together in Electric Dreams, which 
unlike the other two, he co-writes with the singer, in this case, Phil Loki. It is almost a Human League song, but the problem is the record company is too cheap to fly the girls from Sheffield out to Los Angeles to record the song, so Phil records it with two other female singers, but it's considered a Human League song. It appears on Human League's Greatest Hits, so for all intents and purposes, it is a Human League song, and, and Phil Loki wrote it. So, And this is a great tune. Uh, is a smash in Britain. Gets a number three in the chart, stays in the chart for 13 weeks, does not chart in the United States. But uh, here is a great tune from uh, Phil Loki slash really the Human League. Uh, this is Together in Electric Dreams. So we don't hear from the Human League again until 1987. Again, have a terrible time trying to get a record together. And they finally go to Minneapolis and work with, uh, was it Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the best known for producing Janet Jackson amongst other U.S. R&B artists. And they release a song called Human, written by their producers, not written by the band. And uh, it becomes a huge smash worldwide hit, just like Don't You Want Me. I think it may rival Don't You Want Me in sales, probably. And uh, it gets mostly good reviews. A lot of people are disappointed that it isn't, again, as electronic-y. Uh, the production's gorgeous. It's very crisp. So, the you know, Lewis and, uh, and his partner do a great job on the production. But people are a little let down by the fact that it's, you know, not written by Human League. The rest of the album, Crash, isn't uh, very good. There are a couple other tracks on it that are okay. Nothing else charts from it in, in any country. But uh, everybody remembers human, so here's human.
so after Crash, we don't hear from Human League again for a number of years. Oh, I have a funny story, by the way, about uh, the Crash album. So here, it involves uh, my wife. Uh, we were friends back in college, and I was supposed to take a girl to see uh, the Human League up in Detroit from Bowling Green. And uh, this girl and I ended up not getting along. Uh, we'd never hadn't been on a date yet. And uh, I don't even know what, what the hell happened, but I decided not to take her to Human League. And I'll take my friend Patty. She's pretty, and she's fun to be with. So we drove my little Pinto up to uh, Birmingham, I think they played. I can't remember the name of the venue. And uh, we saw Human League, and it was fantastic. And then we drive all the way back to Bowling Green, and I'm thinking, there might be something here. There might be some sparks going here. I pull up to her apartment parking lot, and she gets out of the car, and I say, oh, no kiss? And she thought I was kidding, and she said, oh, I hate you, and kind of laughed and slammed the door of my car. I thought, oh, well, I guess she doesn't like me. But anyway, <laughs> so to this day, she thought I was being a jerk, but I was, actually was not. I thought, I, maybe she get a kiss. I drove all the way to Detroit to see a band. <laughs> anyway, so we don't hear from Human League for a while. Again, they release a, uh, an album whose name I even escapes me. But uh, it really, they get a barely get a top 40 single in the U.S. out of it called Heart Like a Wheel. Uh, another song is released, Soundtrack to a Generation, does okay in Britain, does not chart here. And then uh, they're quiet for a while. They come out with an album in 1986, uh, which I believe is called Romantic, I believe is the name of the album. Maybe that was the one with Soundtrack to a Generation and Heart Like a Wheel. Anyway, it produces uh, two singles. One scrapes the bottom of the top 40 here called Tell Me When. I remember the top 40 station here played it a lot. Uh, I think also because they sponsored a concert by uh, Phil and the two girls uh, on the riverfront here. But I'm going to play you a song from the album that I like better. It's called One Man, and it features mostly vocals by Joanne, uh, with help from uh, Suzanne and Phil. And uh, I think this is a great tune. I think it's probably their last really great tune, and this is One Man in My Heart. Man in my heart is just one man. I misspoke at the beginning of the record, but uh, yeah, what a great tune. Uh, the uh, band released two more albums after that. Uh, one is called Secrets, comes out in 2001. It's okay. Uh, the fandom really seems to like it. Uh, someone posted in the Human League page they were testing out the new sound system in their car. I'm like, I love this album, and I'm like, 
okay, I'll revisit that. And Credo comes out in 2011. Again, uh, nothing jumps out at me like, you know, any of their great singles. So that's the problem. The back end of the catalog is a little weak. I really don't like the front end of the catalog. I like the middle of the catalog just fine. So uh, I think that probably hurts Human League advancing to the category of PF's third favorite band. But still one of my favorite bands, certainly. A lot of great songs. If you just know, you know, the two, three big hits, uh, you know, get the greatest hits collection. Very user-friendly. That should give you all you need. I don't know if the later hits are on there, like One Man and Tell Me When. Uh, they might be. They might have released one since then that has those on them. So uh, do look for that, or just go into your Spotify like the young people do. Our honorable mention band for today is Ultravox. Ultravox formed in 1974 as sort of a, a Roxy Music knockoff, I guess. It's electronic-y but glammy. Uh, a fella by the name of John Fox is kind of the leader of the group, but he ends up leaving in 1979. Uh, they don't really do very well in the charts. Uh, they do have a following and do have a fandom. Uh, but with him leaving, the band thinks, oh, geez, we're done. But uh, one of the members of the band bumps into a fellow named Midjour, who has had minor success with a Scottish band called Silk, uh, and with a band from Glenn Matlock of Sex Pistols uh, had a band briefly, and uh, he was in that. And the gentleman's name is Midjour. And Midge joins the band, and they kind of keep that electronic sound, but he turns it into a slightly more poppy direction. They release an album called Vienna in 1980. The song gets to number two, is kept off the top of the charts by a novelty song, uh, name of which escapes me. But uh, the guy that wrote it is from the hometown, next to my hometown, Painesville, Ohio. And... Um, Oh, what's the matter you? That's it. That's the what's the matter you? That keeps that keeps Vienna off the top of the charts. Uh, I'll shut up a you face. Um, so anyway, but uh, Ultravox is going to have a pretty good career with what's called the classic lineup, uh, led by Midjur. Midjur is on our podcast, episode one sixty one. Do look it up. Great conversation. Had so much fun talking to Midge. And um, again, I that, uh, don't like the Ultravox out Midjur. After a couple of albums, kind of the gas runs out of the tank. I think Midge kind of saves his best stuff maybe for his solo career. He releases two pretty good solo albums in the late 80s. So, um, But I do like me the hit singles, and uh, I would say this is probably the uh, quintessential Ultravox tune. It's called Reap the Wild Wind. It's from an album called Rage in Eden, and uh, here is that.
Ultravox with Reap the Wild One, our honorable mention band on PF's third favorite band, question mark. Gonna leave you with a new song of the week. It's uh, by one of my bosses. He's a stand-up comedian. Uh, as you know, uh, he also runs a t-shirt company with another fella. And uh, he, we decided to do a shirt uh, called Baby It's COVID Outside. Not we. I had no involvement in this. I just said, yeah, that sounds good. And But our head designer designed up a shirt. Uh, I'll link to it on the Podbean page if you so desire. Or just go to Cincy Shirts and you'll see it right there. Uh, and we might have it on old school shirts too. I'm not sure. And it's also in Fluffy Crate. So we have several different websites. But anyway, it's a parody of the It's Baby It's Cold Outside song. And he did this with uh, a gal that we found that's a friend of our head designers. And uh, yeah, it's it may be a little regionally specific for some of you in the United States. Um, I think most of it will make sense. I think there's one or two references that are kind of more Cincinnati friendly, but still, it's it's pretty funny. Um, he, I was going to volunteer to write the parodies because you know I've done this before, but my boss seemed very very excited about doing it, and he it was a big fan of parody songs growing up as a kid. And I thought I'll I'll, I'll just let him have a go, and he actually came to me and said, Hey, what do you think of this? And I was very flattered. He wanted my opinion on it, which um. Which kind of surprised me. But anyway, this is it. This is uh, my boss, Josh Sneed, and it features – hold on. I can't remember the name of the gal that this features. Kaylee Eberly. It features Kaylee Eberly. It's a friend of our head designer, uh, Ricky. And uh, here it is, folks. This is a little parody. I'll play the whole song for you because we have permission because, you know, it's we own the song. And it's a parody, so we have a right to do that. So here, enjoy the entire running of Baby It's COVID Outside. PF's tape recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. I really can't show Baby, it's COVID outside But it's just down the block Baby, it's COVID outside This year has been Hoping that you'd stay in very nice I'll hold your hand Let me get the website. But some of these prizes are The steals. internet has some great I deals I promise I won't make us poor Look online, it's easy to score Shopping gives me all of the feels I will even cook us a meal I wanna be outside the There's door. just too many germs at the store Baby, they're sick out there It's thick with the flu out there I'll make us some snacks I'll bet Amazon has something for you Your computer is so much closer Then what's the sense of leaving at all? Baby, don't go out Baby, it's COVID outside But baby, it's COVID outside There's just a few times I don't trust that mess Think of our daughter and our son The kids don't ever leave their room We can just say hi on a Zoom My friends are already in Trust me, baby, you'll be just fine What if I say pretty What if someone close has to sneeze We've never been in a pandemic before Baby, don't shop out there It was such a great Corona gift. won't stop out there The flash screen was a forecast Finally, wait, what did you say? Movies are fine in 720p You were gonna buy a TV? Next year. I was kidding, now get out of here I guess I should stay No, you should go out Baby, it's cold